Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. By the way, if you hear that noise, there's someone drilling, like, into the wall or into the ceiling above us that's not because we're, uh, like, farting or anything like that. It's actually just someone using a drill uh, right next to our office. So I'm making farting faces. Yes, that is good. We can get that maybe on camera. That'll be good. (laughs) Yeah, for the live group. It's, uh, you know, it's the jackhammer of liberty, Yeah, as Magoo said. We're building freedom out here. We are. We have a whole freedom construction (laughs) site going on. That's good. Sorry there's so much noise, but when you're building freedom, that's just what you have to deal with, okay? That's good. That's what we should have gone with. We'll just... We'll edit out all the beginning stuff about farts, and we'll put in building freedom <laughs> instead. You know, <laughs> farts are one of those things that'll never not be funny. Mostly the guys, to, but to yeah, yeah, yeah. To mostly guys. You just say farts, and yeah. it's funny. Yeah. You know. Okay. I, anyway. I don't know why that is, but <laughs> it's just it. Like they have been around forever. Whoopee cushions and everything. Fart machines. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm noticing a lot more ladies are doing it these days on <laughs> TikTok and stuff. And so I think they're the ladies are kind of coming into their own. Here are, you, are you on some kind these. of fart talk that I don't know about? <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen this. Okay. Costco said he has an album of farts on his phone. <laughs> okay, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of fart noises and everything else. Also, the pursuit of meaning. If you like what you're hearing... If if you like what you're hearing today, this then is, make sure hey, you smash is, that follow uh, button. This is a super serious podcast. Very, very serious. We talk yeah. about really serious issues mm-hmm. all the time. But it is White Pill Wednesday where we only talk about good things, or at least we put a positive spin on really terrible things so we can have a nice positive day in the middle of our week. That way we survive all the way until dumb bleep of the week, and hopefully it pushes us through the weekend. Which is why we only talk about farts on Wednesdays. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, otherwise, let's... this podcast is the most serious thing. If you're new here, mm-hmm. this is a very serious podcast. Um, if you, That's uh, not true, actually. We joke if, literally about everything. If you so. want to watch some of the videos, by the way, go to YouTube and subscribe. We would graci- graciously appreciate that. And also, you can go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com and join so you can watch the 20-minute-long pre-show conversation that we had about all sorts of different stuff today and you can hang out with us and we'll be friends it only costs a minimum of five bucks a month to be our friends that's pretty cheap technically speaking the the people listening to the podcast are only going to get 10 minutes of our 20 minute pre-show because nate forgot to hit record for everyone else yeah so that means you need to join the live show you really got to be there live because if we forget well if nate forgets to hit the record button you're not going to get the whole pre-show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been really good about it for everyone else for over the last couple months. Most of the time, but not today. Yes, but not today. So <clears throat> okay. on that rare occasion <laughs> when Nate forgets his duties, it's very rare. Mm-hmm. Very rare. Luckily, I don't have to do anything but show up and uh, and do the show. Yeah. So... Yes, Joe, I uh, conveniently forgot to record the very beginning of the episode where we said cancelable words. <laughs> actually, we, we just talked about cancelable words. Never but actually said any cancelable no, words. it's true. We've never said it ever in our entire lives. Mm-mm. Okay, good news. This is White Pill Wednesday. The Freedom Convoy, a lot of stuff about the Freedom Convoy here, but it seems like they could be winning. And to me, this is something that needs to be mentioned because it turns out 
people can stand up to their government in a peaceful way and maybe achieve some results. By the way, the, fa- the Freedom Convoy raises millions on a new crowdfunding platform. You might remember they were up over $10 million on GoFundMe, and then that got suspended per the request of the Canadian government, or at least the uh, government of Ottawa. And so that was suspended. And now they're on Give, Send, Go, and they've already raised $7.4 million by the last time I checked about an hour ago. All right, so the that's good. People Everybody, are coming together, throwing their money out. Just get your refunds from GoFundMe and then go on over there to Give, Send, Go. Mm-hmm. The Freedom Convoy is gaining traction on a new crowdfunding platform after GoFundMe shut its doors. As of Tuesday, the group raised... Now, this is Tuesday afternoon. They say $6.3 million. I checked earlier before the show. It's at $7.4 million. That's a little over a million in the last day. And by the time you listen to this, it could be up to ten. million. Mm-hmm. From oh, yeah. 70,000 donors, they're trying to raise $16 million right now. And uh, Give, Send, Go calls it the number one free Christian crowdfunding site. So they're hopefully not going to end up taking the money or ending the uh, fundraiser or anything like that. I don't think that's going to happen. The new campaign states that funds raised will help cover the cost of fuel for the truckers protesting across Canada and will also help with food and shelter costs. In order for your generous donations to flow smoothly to good oh, people... You, you missed the best word in this whole thing. Oh, to help... Quote from yeah, the thing. To help ease the pressures of this arduous task. That's a great word. Okay, you just wanted to make sure we got that word out there. They use the word arduous. Mm -hmm. In order for your generous donations to flow smoothly to good people, the Gifts and Go will be sending donations directly to our bulk fuel supplier and are working out the details now, which means your hard-earned money is going straight to who it was meant for and need not flow through anyone else. Any leftover donations will be donated to a credible veterans organization, which will be chosen by the donors. So if there is any leftover money, it's going to go to veterans groups. However, in a statement issued Monday, Gibson Go said they've been in contact with campaign organizers and have received full assurance that all funds raised will go to providing humanitarian aid and legal support for the truckers. I've seen some videos and stuff. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. They were arresting people who were bringing fuel and stuff. Yeah. Did you see that? I did. And then they couldn't arrest any more people because oh. there were too many of them. What I was reading online was that that was a little bit of a publicity stunt by them. They wanted to get on camera that they were confiscating some fuel, but they, they haven't been able to actually take care of everyone that's bringing fuel in there, and they haven't been able to confiscate hardly any of it. But there was at least cameras of the uh, cameras around when they did it, I think maybe to help with the people who were upset about the mm. truckers being there. Like, oh, look, we're doing what we're what we said we were going to do, try and get these people out of here. Yeah. So they might end up actually getting what they want, although they're not going to frame it that way. Of course, the whole thing's been framed. It's changing to this isn't actually about vaccines or vaccine mandates. This is a been co-opted by the far right, far right populist Trump supporting crazy Nazis out there. And that's what they want. And, and so if they happen to get rid of some of the mandates, it actually has nothing to do with the truckers, it has to do with the science changing, and they're not giving in to their demands because that's not what the truckers really want. They just want Nazism all over the country. That's what they want. We're not going to give in to that. Which is the same thing as trying to stop your government from mandating and forcing people to do things. It's yeah. Same thing as Nazism. That's what Nazis like, did. When you're mad about the government being authoritarian, you're that's obviously what Nazis were most mad about, was the government having too much pow- power over individual people's lives. Mm. 
So go back and read history. That's what it was about. That's what I remember. Mm -hmm. All right. This from the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. Alberta, Canada to end vaccine passport by midnight. Is that that's Tuesday night? So it's so now it's over. All right. Jason Kinney, uh, premier of Alberta, Canada, has announced that several COVID-19 restrictions, including the COVID-19 vaccine passport, which mandated proof of vaccine for entry into various businesses, will end at midnight local time Tuesday night. This is the first in a three-step plan to eliminate the majority of COVID-19 rules by the end of February and comes after weeks of massive protests throughout Canada against the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, of course, what the government's saying in Canada and around the world, including the United States, is that this is all part of the plan Mm -hmm. that we had originally set out for to return to normalcy. Yeah. But it has nothing to do with these protests and all these people that we can't get to comply. I'm going to do what you wanted me to do, but I just want to state that I'm not doing it because you told me to. I'm doing it because I want to. (laughs) Exactly. That is what the government's saying right now. Is that from the office? I I don't know. I think it's been used several places, (laughs) but it's so true. Quote, now is the time to begin learning to live with COVID, see? It's actually in forgetting say? Sarah Marshall when she asked him to sit down. He was like, I'll let you know I'm sitting down because I wanted to, not because you asked me to. Exactly. She, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, at, folks, you can see right here, now is the time to begin learning to live with COVID. Not last year, not yesterday, now. Mm-hmm. Not tomorrow, now. The restrictions have led to terrible division. So at least... He gives a little bit of light. Well, there. he actually, Jason Kenney here, he seems to be more on the, well, he's a far right wing extremist from what I can tell from a, from his further comments that he goes on to. Yeah. So this might not just be convenient timing. He might actually be doing what the truckers want. Quote, we cannot remain at a heightened state of emergency forever. We have to begin to heal. So it seems like this guy has a little bit of common sense. Earlier on Tuesday, Kenny pledged to fight Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandate for Canadian truckers. If the Canada-USA trucker vaccine mandate wasn't bad enough, now Justin Trudeau wants to bring in a mandate for truckers going between provinces. Kenny tweeted, Alberta will fight this every step of the way, including in court, if we have to, he declared on Twitter. So he's a... Science denier, obviously, mm-hmm. what we can tell. Conspiracy theorists, probably part of QAnon, uh, a bunch of stuff like that. Now, That's was a, Fauci their Lord and Savior, too? Um, you in, know, like different cultures, they probably wide? have different names for him. <laughs> but um, I think they're all worshiping the yeah. same uh, yeah. science. They just have different representatives of the science. In yeah. the U.S., in our culture, in our mainstream culture, Fauci represents uh, the science. He is the science. He's the the science and the son of science uh, and also the, the spirit at the same time. And we know that he represents all three of those things actually. And he is science in physical form uh, that is, that, uh, that is here on this earth uh, brought to us by the, uh, the big bang. And so, uh, but the in big Canada, bang of science, mm-hmm, mm. uh, but in Canada, I don't know if that's who their person is, but it's, you know, it's, it's like saying God or Allah or what, you know, whatever mm. it's a, it's just different words for for God. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm listen. I, I'm no theologian, but uh, everything I just said is accurate. <laughs> We're super so, serious yeah. today on this podcast. In Mexico, would he be called Hey Chi? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll have to I've, defer to people in the group for that. Just curious. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, All right. 
All right. That's <laughs> that's that story. That's that story. And we're sticking to it <laughs> on that. Okay, so. another thing involving the truckers. This is also interesting. Towing companies on city contracts refuse to mo- remove uh, the convoy vehicles. Okay, so the towing it takes a pretty big truck to move a big truck. By the way, those are this very specialized thing. Which is why I think the truckers are doing what they're doing. Like it's tough to move a truck, and actually, if you want to, you can. Um, I, don't, I mean, they, they could still get to it and turn the air brakes off. You know when you turn the air brakes on in the truck? That thing just ain't going anywhere unless you find someone who knows how to push the button to turn the brakes off. But these people trying to do this are idiots, so I'm not sure they could figure that out. All right, uh, from MSN right here, the tow truck operators on contract to the city of Ottawa are taking a hard pass on requests to haul vehicles out of protest areas, according to the city's top public servant. Quote, I've contacted them. All and they are all refusing as of today to provide heavy tow truck work. City manager Steve Canalakos told reporters Monday evening. Right now we're reviewing their contracts or or standing offer and reviewing what actions we can take to deal with this unprecedented situation. It's always unprecedented. I know. This is an emergency. Now imagine this, right? You're asking some you know, basically semi truck drivers to haul off their semi truck driver friends. Mm-hmm. And they're like no. Yeah. Like we're blue collar workers. Like we we're in the same job. Yeah. Except we don't want to drive thousands of, of miles or kilometers, depending on where you're at. They're like, we just want to go around town and, and do these types of things. And so now this is where it actually comes out. Like this is what I hope imagine uh, or I imagine would happen if, uh, you know, the, the government tried to use the military to force citizens into certain things. Mm. Um, eventually, like if it ever gets to that point of a, they would just say no. They'd be like, no, no, these are our, these are our brothers, and we swore to protect them. Yeah, I'm not gonna go after them. Are you crazy? So, I hope that I, this would happen. is this is really cool. Uh, more than four hundred vehicles are parked illegally in the downtown core, according to Ottawa police. The majority of them heavy trucks. One, one at least, at least one crane. A crane. One of several challenges <laughs> facing the Ottawa Police Service and the city, and the city, and how to get them off the streets. The protesters refused to drive them away. The demonstrators who began arriving in Ottawa more than a week ago have said they will only leave after COVID nineteen mandates are lifted. Somebody, There's a crane down there. Somebody parked a crane. Yeah. Illegally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Illegally get your crane parking crane. license. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. That, this is awesome that they're refusing to remove the trucks because obviously what they like for the for this protest to end they'll have to move the trucks out of the way and the people in the government have no idea how to move the trucks they just pay other people to do it but what happens when they go to those people and they say hey move them and they're like no I'm not going to move I'm not going to do it <laughs> yeah. sorry actually I'm going to go park my truck out there too yeah. you know that's a that's pretty awesome and it just shows that especially with this remaining peaceful. That's very important also that this has been peaceful the whole time because if there was really any major violence going on, then first off the public would turn on them really quickly and they would also move to a bunch of different tactics to be removing them. So it's awesome that they've literally just been going down there and honking, which uh, we can have a libertarian conversation about whether or not honking is is a peaceful a violation of the nap or anything like that. I'm I mean, we could probably have a pretty good libertarian conversation about that because I think noise violations are a good conversation to uh, to have. So that's why we brought some of this up the other day. I think what the problem here is, Nate, is they don't have a government-owned 
tow trucking business. Mm-hmm. Like they just have the, contractor. Yeah, they, they're contracted with these private organizations. If only everything was centrally controlled to where they could use tow trucks at their behest, mm-hmm. then maybe we would avoid this situation. But that's a great story. It it's is. Fantastic. That's why story. it was on White Pill Wednesday. Joe said honk in self defense, and that is true. Are they honking in self defense? I mean, I guess you uh I guess you are. It's okay to honk in self defense. Yeah. I gotta say I love what's happening. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's in Canada now, of all places. Yeah. Now people have talked about a trucker convoy thing in the US and and my wife was like, What would they do that for? And I I don't think we'd have that kind of a big deal in the US because we don't have a lot of nationwide mandates on people and so you really would just do that in a specific state if they were going to do that and a lot of these states are conveniently easing up on different restrictions that they have right now probably because they don't want to have to uh give up like the canadian government's going to give up here Mm -hmm. in a little bit so all right next one for white pill next up from the new york post chicago high schoolers stage walkout over mask mandate so these are people banding together for good. Now it's folks. it's okay to support kids when they're doing something that you like. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I was feeling hypocritical the whole time putting this article in there because you know if they were staging a walkout over uh, climate change or something like that, they would be like these stupid kids don't know what the, anything about the world or what they're doing or anything like that. They don't I, listen to a word they're saying. They're I kids. See what you mean, you know? And now I'm like, yeah, freaking high schoolers know what's up. Yeah, I see what you mean. But when you're right, you're right. Blo- broken clock. As they say. Strikes twice an hour. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what, like my granddaddy used to say. Mm-hmm. Dozens of Chicago area high school students staged a walkout this week after being uh, told that they had to wear masks to attend class, even though an Illinois judge issued a temporary ruling that blocks the state school mask mandate. The maskless students arrived at Vernon High uh, Hills High School and Libertyville High School on Monday Well, to they protest. go to Libertyville. Okay. That's why. Yeah to protest that district's decision to continue requiring face coverings. Students at Vernon Vernon Hills said that they were escorted to the gymnasium when they arrive unmasked and given three options. Mask up, remain in the gym for the rest of the day, or leave. Video posted on social media show the students trickling out of the school after refusing to don the face masks. (laughs) Well, what a stupid ultimatum also to give to the kids. Like, you can either do this thing I want you to do, or go home. <laughs> Which one do you think they're going to pick? Almost all students. A bunch of kids became anti-mask really fast. <laughs> Quote, most of us in this group have spent most of our high school lives behind these masks. We believe it is time for this to end, the students said in a joint statement posted on Twitter. Mm. So they all got together and jointly typed a letter. All together. <laughs> okay. So Cheating. There you have it, folks. Hey, they're not they're not putting up with it. What is really important here is that we think that it, I think it's ridiculous to be making the kids mask in school or anywhere. One, because there's not a massive danger for them. Two, because the masks don't actually work with Omicron. I mean, that. Listen, we could talk about the data behind wearing an N95 mask per- perfectly, and whether or not that's going to help. But if you're so in love with the science that a kid putting on a crappy cloth mask on their face and pulling it down below their nose is going to get you to leave them alone, then you don't actually care about the science. You're just trying to force them to do something to make yourself look good, you know? And what you should repent for. mm -hmm. Get on your knees and ask for forgiveness. Yep. And uh, what 
what I hope is going to happen here is that a bunch of kids, you know, remember when we were in school, you know, kids used to be pretty anti-authority. I was pretty anti-authority in school, especially against the school administrators. I was a D-bag in high school. You're anti-authority now. Yeah. So I guess I've always been anti-authority, <laughs> except for, uh, you know, back in those old days when I was super in support of George Bush. But anyway, I was super anti-authority. And uh, maybe these kids are going to be that way, too, and it's going to become really hard for the schools to enforce these mandates because the kids are going to refuse to follow them because the kids don't want to follow them. And in this case, I support them doing that because they're right. I guess, uh, like people are saying in the group, um, if, if it was something that they were wrong about, I wouldn't support them doing that. But in this case, they happen to be right about what they're doing. And so this is good. We need this all around the country. But Joe says here, you don't have to agree with the message to support the right to protest. That's true. Yeah. So because then that that can bring up a discussion and that discussion can show them how they're wrong. Mm -hmm. And they should get their ass back to class <laughs> if it's about climate change. We talked about <laughs> we talked about this one uh, last week or the week before. I can't remember, but this was a quick shift. The IRS is abandoning the facial recognition plan after a fire, firestorm of criticism. Well, they're abandoning the public re facial recognition yeah. plan. Yeah. They're still going to go on in secret in the partnership <laughs> with the NSA to right. continue doing this. Yeah. It's not like this isn't going to happen. <laughs> We're just, they're just not going to talk about it anymore. From the uh, Washington Post, the IRS has abandoned this plan to require millions of Americans to submit a facial recognition check through a private company to access their online tax accounts following a firestorm of criticism from privacy advocates and members of Congress. Now, one of their reason, reasons in here is going to be suspect, but the IRS said Monday it would transition away from using a face scanning service offered by the company IDME in the coming weeks and would develop an additional authentication process that does not involve facial recognition. The IRS said it would continue to work with cross-government partners on additional methods of authentication, but it did not provide a time frame for the change. The agency originally said that starting this summer, all taxpayers would need to submit a video selfie to access their tax records and other services on the IRS website. But lawmakers and advocates slammed the idea of mandating the technology's use nationwide, saying it would unfairly burden Americans without smartphones or computer cameras would make sensitive data vulnerable to hackers and would subject people of color to a system known to work less accurately on darker skin. So in this case, I guess I support that reasoning. It is true. There have been a lot of studies showing that, that the facial recognition, stuff like that, doesn't work as well. There's plenty of science behind why that happens. All cameras read is light. That is, that is what cameras see. So is, cameras is are light. racist because yes. they were probably developed by white people. No. Yeah, of course. So it's yeah. a naturally racist technology. It's built into mm -hmm. it. So um, anyway, I, I'm glad that they're not going to do this. They saw that people were upset about it. It didn't take a big truck or convoy or anything like that. But they backed off on this idea pretty quickly. That's good. They were going to do something stupid and tyrannical, and they're going to back off from it. Backed and do off it in secret it instead. Publicly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll just be like, oh, well, we can still just take the person's face off their phone when they're not... When they don't know we're doing it, we'll they, just go. They, we'll just yeah. go to the NSA for this. They already have it all, folks. I mean, you put your own pictures out on Facebooks, and yeah, you walk around the streets. They got you on CCTV, and they they already have you everywhere. You shouldn't even have to submit a video selfie. Yeah. So now on this specific stuff, I don't know if uh, because Face ID, like with your iPhone at least, I don't, I'm sure it's the same way with all of them. They actually make a like a heat map of your face. 
And so that's different from facial recognition that is looking at your face and analyzing that, like the picture of your face. So in that case, the lighting matters and because all cameras see is light. In the case of like an iPhone, what they read is a heat map of your face. That's why it heat can map and measurements. That's why it can be it can be dark. You can have glasses or sunglasses on or uh, a, not a face mask. Apparently, it doesn't doesn't work. Which is super annoying sometimes for people who still still wear masks. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but <laughs> but anyway, not everyone's for got access people. to that technology. Yeah. So anyway, I I want I put this thing in here because I knew we would be able to run through this stuff really fast today. Because I scoured the internet for a good three hours today and had a hard time finding stuff that sounded like a white pill. But okay. I, I had this conversation on uh, Monday, I believe, with former Maine State Senator Eric Brakey. And I want everyone to make sure they go listen to that. But he's the senior spokesperson for Young Americans for Liberty. And there's some stuff that he said in that that I found very white pilling. And it reminded me that the state-level politics are really what we need to focus on as far as our elections. Because the states, if you look through, you look throughout everything that we've had to deal with throughout this pandemic, and you look where people have been the most free and where people have been able to get away from all of these mandates and all this crazy stuff, it's been in the states where the governors decided that they weren't going to enforce these things. Maybe they put bans on some of the stuff, which we uh, sometimes agree with and sometimes don't. But it's been the states that actually matter. And you have states like Tennessee that uh, have allowed constitutional carry now. And Kentucky did the same thing. Maine did the same thing when, uh, when Eric Brakey was in there. A lot of good things happening on the state level and where it, it doesn't have to matter what's going on in Washington all the time because the states can nullify what the federal government does if you have the right people in office. And it's way easier to affect what the states are doing than what Washington is doing. And so I just wanted to remind everyone that on a state level, we've got a lot more control over what happens by getting a, a few Congress people in there, or even on a more local level in your cities, in your counties, that there are actually things you can do that can help live a freer life without actually caring who the president is. So that's, I just wanted to give everyone a little bit of white pill. And that is connected to this thing that I believe Bailey posted in the group uh, from Iowa, which which uh, had a pretty crazy thing in it about about them assigning the final COVID nineteen proclamation extension, and they're going to decommission the virus website at the end of the thing, mm. like they're taking it down. Well, how about they're that? canceling COVID? <laughs> it's gone. It's a sense of normalcy. Yeah, folks. Yeah. It's just something we're going to have to live with. Um, by the way, Magoo mentioned there is this dust up with Yao going on and I've tried to look into it. Um, I haven't seen, I saw people talking about it. I saw, who's it? Tho Bishop talking about how Yao was dead and they're going on the, the left libertarian side of things. I've looked through their posts and all of that. And I haven't really got that feeling from what they're saying. What all I would say on that is let's wait and see if they actually do do this. Um, I saw the text messages. I disagree on the principle of uh, what was in those text messages. It was basically some political, some political things like, oh, we shouldn't post this. And coming from a political organization standpoint, I, I think maybe a little bit of strategy is what was going on there. I hope it's not what everyone is 
is uh, thinking is going to happen. But um, so more Dan Crenshaw, less Ron Paul. I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, I'm going to support them until I do see that happening. And then we will reassess at that time. But I did. I was going to ask Senator Brakey about it, but uh, I decided to keep it light and fun. And no, not throw no hard questions. No hardballs at him. Yeah. So it was a good interview, though. Everyone should go listen to it. Yeah, I could hear it from the other side. I couldn't, actually. I could, you couldn't? No. I was on a different call. Um, but speaking of the state, you know, having influence over the state, I mean, it's much easier to get elected. So if you ever planned on running for office, um, you need way less votes for these types of things. And so we can affect real change. I've talked extensively about people I know who have gotten on boards of their city or, or their county. Um, and then they basically, I saw one guy live stream the budget meetings on Facebook to expose some of the waste that your county is doing. Because here's the thing, um, when people get power, wherever it is, it doesn't matter what level of power, um, they will be, the, some people will take massive advantage of it. I mean, look at your, your lords, you know, back in the day who treated their peasants worse than the king did, right? Because they have some level of power. So um, these local politics things are very, very, very important. And there are some great organizations, not just Young Americans for Liberty. There's a lot of great organizations that are working locally to help bring more liberty to you. Students regardless. for Liberty is another good one too. Students for Liberty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even the Beacon Center here in Nashville, which I don't always agree with them. Um, they, they still do a lot uh, for liberty. They helped with the constitutional carry and some other things. They've got some good lawyers and, and lobbyists, uh, folks crafting policy and things like that and, and crafting legislation for Tennessee. And so these types of organizations exist all over the place. And it's our, I honestly think the most white pill thing about it is it's the best chance mm-hmm. that you have. Now it would be awesome to see you know, Ron or Rand Paul as president, you know, at least getting the message out to more people or you had more uh, representatives in Congress or senators in Congress that also had the liberty belief, but it's not as easy of a goal to achieve. I was just looking at Young Americans for Liberty. They've elected a 179 of uh, liberty-minded state representatives. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, do you want to so do this story right here? Yeah. So in Iowa, this from KCCI.com, looks to be the local affiliate there of one of the major stations. Reynolds signs final COVID-19 proclamation extension will decommission the virus website. I think that part's hilarious. Like, we're taking away the website. Mm, this thing is done. No more. Yeah. Governor Kim Reynolds announced Thursday that she has signed the final extension of Iowa's public health disaster emergency proclamation and announced it will expire at midnight on Tuesday, February 15th. We cannot continue to suspend duly enacted laws and treat COVID-19 as a public health emergency indefinitely. After two years, it's no longer feasible or necessary. The flu and other infectious illnesses are part of our everyday lives and coronavirus can be managed similarly. Reynolds said through a news release. Obviously, right-wing conspiracy mm-hmm. theorist here. Yeah, science denier, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. State agencies will now manage COVID-19 as part of a normal daily business and reallocate resources that have been solely dedicated to the response effort to, uh, to serve other important needs for Iowans. 
According to the governor's office, the remaining 16 provisions focus primarily on lingering workforce issues exacerbated by a pandemic by the pandemic that are best addressed outside of emergency executive powers. And I just want to reiterate that this was exa- um, exacerbated by the response mm-hmm. to the pandemic, not the pandemic itself. The governor also announced that the state's websites that track virus data and uh, provide vac- uh, vaccination information, coronavirus.iowa.gov and vaccinateiowa.gov, will be decommissioned on February 16th. So getting out of here. I think it's good, and it's not it, it's not normal to see someone who has emergency powers give away their emergency powers. You always see a reason that they want to keep those, and so this is good. I don't know anything about anything else about Governor Kim Reynolds at all. Bailey said her nickname on the left is Reaper Reynolds. That's uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's no Death Santas, but uh, yeah. it's it is crazy how they do that. Like the these Republican governors, I assume she's. Republican because she's giving away some powers, although that wouldn't always be accurate. Uh, I assume I assume that. Okay, she is Republican, <clears throat> so uh, obviously these? they're just killing everyone. Anytime anyone dies, it's because of these policies. And somehow people on that somehow people on the left will still argue that all the uh, the isolation, the masking, all of that stuff, it still worked, even though they're go they went through the same kind of trends that everyone else did. Haven't been able to see any differences. And, uh, and of course, they didn't kill anyone because they had people wear masks while they were going through the same trends that everyone else was, was going through mm-hmm. and had the same hospitalization rates and all that stuff, or even worse sometimes. So it's just really ridiculous how the politics gets. Look at these li- Liberty mm-hmm. Lady governors. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. Christy Noem in South Dakota, you know, basically not doing anything for COVID-19 mm-hmm. after the first like couple months. Doing bad stuff on drugs, though. She's not on drugs. She's doing bad stuff about drug policies. Yeah, uh, but but at least with COVID, yeah. I mean, Governor Lee's the same way here in Tennessee. Been mm-hmm. pretty good on COVID, but won't even allow medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a conflict. You you you're not always going to get everything. No. A long time ago, my grandpappy said, "Life ain't fair," and he said, "Ain't," despite what your mom told him, because mm. your mom said, "Ain't ain't a word." Yeah. Ain't ain't a word. And you ain't going to say it no more. And Yeah. But my grandpappy said, life ain't fair. It's not fair, folks. You're not always going to get what you want. But I think it's cool to see these governors doing these sorts of things, which, again, as Nate pointed out earlier, back to state politics, uh, you have much more influence uh, with the stateies. And the good, the good thing is that when when people get elected as a state representative, that gets them some name recognition, and it can help them go for higher offices after that because they have a little bit of, a little bit more credibility, a little bit more name recognition. They could run for governor, or they could try and run for a U.S. Senate or a U.S. representative position after after doing that. So it's a really good stepping stone. So as of right now, Yale still has a, a good strategy. I, I I will pay attention with everyone else to see how it goes. All right, let's. Uh, All let's right, y'all. Go that's home. a that's a good pill Wednesday for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit that subscribe button, share the show with a friend, a family member, and some lefties and the children, and join the live group or you know watch the extras that get put on locals at goodmorningliberty.locals.com. We got some new members. We got several of you people piling in. We appreciate it. The numbers on the podcast. Are you keep, calling you people? Keep growing every single. Day, I look at the numbers 
and it just keeps going up, which mm-hmm. is nice. So growth is always a good thing. Happy birthday, Costco, um, by the way. I'm not going to sing it. I think it would be funny to to make Charlie sing it, but we don't believe in force over here. But it is mm-hmm. Costco, who is a professional Chuck hater. Uh, he is the CEO of the Chuck Man Haters Club. And uh, he's been just going hard at it ever ever since joining the group. And this is his birthday, and we're very happy that he made it to another birthday. I might be slightly more happy than Charlie, but no, I'm kidding. We're both happy. Good yeah, job. happy birthday, Costco. Even though you know you don't like me, I'll still wish you a happy birthday. I am grateful that 22 years ago you were born on this very day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Lord, our Savior. Christ, appreciate you being here. Uh, regardless of how you treat me, um, I appreciate you. So everyone, everyone join the live group at goodmorningliberty.locals.com to wish Costco a happy birthday today. There you go. Do it. And tomorrow you it. can wish Matt a happy birthday. And we're just one big happy family mm-hmm. here. Go to mastermytrades.com if you want to learn anything about the stock market. If you guys do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.